Section 5 of U.S. Energy Sector Vulnerabilities to Climate Change and Extreme Weather by the U.S. Department of Energy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Patrick McAfee, Merritt Island. Chapter 4. Adaptation Actions and Major Opportunities. Key Messages. Establishing a more climate-resilient energy sector requires improved technologies, information to support decision-making, effective stakeholder engagement, and an enabling policy framework. The pace, scale, and scope of combined public and private efforts to improve climate preparedness and resilience of the energy sector will need to increase given the magnitude of the challenge. Some practices and technologies are already improving resilience to climate change, including deployment of dry cooling technology for thermoelectric power plants, more energy-efficient building technologies, and storm-hardened energy infrastructure. The federal government plays a key role in researching and developing technologies and providing information to promote climate resilience, but enhanced private sector, state and local government, and non-governmental engagement is also essential to these efforts. Climate change and extreme weather threaten the sustainable, affordable, and reliable supply of energy across the United States and around the globe. The exact character, severity, and timing of impacts will depend not only on changes in climate and extreme weather events, but also on the energy sector's exposure to risks and ability to adapt in a timely manner. Economic growth, population growth, and other factors may exacerbate the exposure and the challenges associated with adaptation. The U.S. energy sector is already responding to the threat of climate change, but a number of barriers prevent more widespread action. These include a limited understanding of near- and long-term vulnerabilities, a lack of robust economic assessments of alternative adaptation options, limited alternative climate-resilient energy technologies, lack of a policy framework with adequate market signals for investments in resilience, and varying purviews, control, and perceptions of risk by key stakeholders that limit their influence. Given that energy infrastructure investments made today will likely be in place for many decades, it is important that energy stakeholders have enough information to make sound technical and economic decisions. Continuing to identify potential impacts to the existing and future U.S. energy infrastructure is essential as is improving understanding of the technical and economic potential of alternative technologies and possible limits of those options. Innovative research and development efforts involving both private and public stakeholders and supporting policy frameworks could address existing market barriers and enable the development and deployment of the next generation of climate-resilient energy technologies. Each of the vulnerabilities identified in this report warrants consideration, but a process of prioritization 
which will include analysis of the probabilities of impacts and the costs and benefits of alternative mitigation strategies, will be necessary to help decision makers allocate limited resources toward actions that optimize outcomes. This report does not attempt to prioritize the various identified vulnerabilities given the lack of a standardized and accepted methodology, which is compounded by gaps in information about the probability and timing of specific climate impacts and their implications to the energy sector. Prioritization efforts could occur at the federal, state, and local level and within both the public and private sector. Such efforts could focus on prioritization using various criteria. Prioritization of Vulnerabilities In the absence of a commonly accepted methodology to compare risks or effectiveness of adaptation measures across regions and energy subsectors, diverse criteria could be integrated into a prioritization process, which might include the following. Probability that the vulnerability will result in disruption or damage of national or regional significance without adaptation measures. Economic costs of the disruption or damage. Time frame over which the harmful impact is likely to occur. Adaptation potential, including the cost of measures that could significantly reduce harmful impacts. In addition to these potential criteria, the methodology should recognize uncertainty and be clearly definable, understandable, and easily communicated to decision makers and stakeholders. In addressing vulnerabilities to climate change and extreme weather, the energy sector will need to consider uncertainty as part of a risk management approach. As decisions will be made with incomplete information, ensuring longer-term system reliability requires flexible strategies that allow course corrections. Climate resilience measures may also have significant co-benefits that provide near-term justification for upfront investment, for example, cost savings through reduced fuel or water intensity. Adaptation activities already underway illustrate opportunities for building a more resilient U.S. energy sector. Actions to improve resilience need not be delayed because of uncertainty in the timing and extent of climate change impacts, since many adaptation activities are beneficial and cost-effective regardless of how climate impacts are realized. Focusing on these activities can help prioritize actions in the face of uncertainty. In addition, advanced technological solutions that mitigate greenhouse gas emissions are essential. Ultimately, adaptation and mitigation can be complementary approaches that jointly reduce the costs and risks of climate change and extreme weather. This chapter identifies opportunities for advancement of climate preparedness and resilience in the energy sector and potential areas of further work. Responding to the threats from climate change is the responsibility of all stakeholders, including both public and private sector actors. 
any adjustments to future policies, existing federal efforts, or new undertakings would need to be evaluated thoroughly with complete consideration of an array of factors, including societal and economic costs and benefits, and consideration of competing priorities. Adaptation Actions Underway Climate change adaptation requires improved understanding and commitment by individuals, businesses, governments, and others. Efforts to improve the capacity to predict, prepare for, and avoid adverse impacts must span multiple economic sectors and levels of government. These efforts include the deployment of energy technologies that are more climate resilient, assessment of vulnerabilities in the energy sector, adaptation planning efforts, and policies that can facilitate these efforts. A significant number of actions underway may have been undertaken for reasons other than creation of a more climate-resilient energy sector and may have co-benefits in addition to increasing preparedness to climate change and extreme weather. These benefits include energy and national security, economic growth and job creation, emergency management and preparedness, public health, agricultural productivity, and ecosystem conservation, among others. The motivation and mechanisms to address energy sector vulnerabilities may vary across the nation and should be recognized in framing effective adaptation strategies. Illustrative Current Activities Climate Resilient Energy Technologies and Practices Progress is being made to deploy energy technologies that will be less vulnerable to climate change and extreme weather. The following examples illustrate technologies and practices that are more climate resilient and that are commercially available today. Oil and gas exploration and production. Some energy companies are beginning to reuse hydraulic fracturing fluids to reduce freshwater requirements. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers built a flood wall to protect Texas City, Texas, and several nearby oil refineries from floods. Petroleum companies are pre-positioning portable generators to provide electricity to critical facilities during outages. Improving Climate Resilience in New York City in December 2012, in response to Hurricane Sandy, New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg announced the formation of the Special Initiative for Rebuilding and Resiliency and charged it with producing a plan to provide additional protection for New York's infrastructure, buildings, and communities given the anticipated impacts of climate change. A stronger, more resilient New York is the result of that effort. The report calls for $19.5 billion in investments designed to enhance climate preparedness and resilience in New York City, including the utility systems and liquid fuel supply. According to the report, nearly one quarter of the city is projected to be in a 100-year floodplain by the mid-2050s. 
Hurricane Sandy caused an estimated $19 billion in losses to New York City, and the plan projects that, in the absence of action, future storms the size of Sandy could cost the city $90 billion. If the plan is implemented, New York City would improve climate resilience and reduce expected losses from such events. Thermoelectric power generation. Cooling towers added in 2007 to the 1,250 megawatt plant Yates in Noonan, Georgia, reduced water withdrawals by 96%. The San Juan Generating Station in Waterflow, New Mexico, demonstrated innovative cooling towers fitted with condensing technology, which significantly reduced the release of water vapor. This system has the potential to condense as much as 20% of cooling water that would normally be lost from the system through evaporation. If applied to all power plants with cooling towers in the United States, the potential water savings could exceed 1.5 billion gallons per day. Dry cooling systems have been installed in several natural gas-fired combined cycle power plants in the United States, including a natural gas-fired 540-megawatt power plant in Boulder City, Nevada, and a 240-megawatt combined cycle plant in Crockett, California. Use of dry cooling technology rather than recirculating cooling systems dramatically reduces water requirements, minimizing vulnerabilities to reduced water availability. Renewable Energy Resources A CSP project currently under construction in California's Mojave Desert will be the largest CSP plant in the world and will use dry cooling technology. It is scheduled to begin delivering 370 megawatts of electricity to consumers in California in September 2013. The plant uses more than 173,000 heliostats to focus sunlight on three towers where the concentrating solar power turns water into steam to drive conventional steam generators. Rather than using cooling water in a desert environment, the plant will employ a dry cooling system that converts the steam back into water in a closed-loop cycle. This approach will allow the plant to reduce water usage by more than 95% compared to conventional wet cooling systems. Solar PV and wind energy have experienced cost reductions, encouraging greater market deployment of these more climate-resilient technologies. Solar PV modules have declined in cost at an average of 5 to 7% per year since 1998 and consume a fraction of the water of thermoelectric technologies, including CSP, per unit of electricity generated. The trends in costs, along with policies and programs that support solar installation, have partially contributed to a 53% average annual increase in new installations from 2006 to 2011 in the United States. 
Wind power has decreased from over 55 cents per kilowatt hour in 1980, $2012, to under 6 cents per kilowatt hour in 2012 in areas with good wind resources. From 2008 to 2012, wind power represented 35% of all new installed U.S. generation capacity. Energy Demand Energy efficiency upgrades can help offset the energy use impacts of additional market penetration of air conditioning and greater cooling degree days. For example, in California, energy savings from utilities energy efficiency programs and from the state's building and appliance standards are estimated to have mitigated the need for 12,000 megawatts of generating capacity, equivalent to a minimum of 24 new large-scale 500-megawatt power plants since 1975. As temperatures increase, changes in urban planning and design may reduce or slow increases in electricity demand for cooling. In New York City, for example, efforts to reduce electricity use that have already been implemented include tree planting and green roofs, reducing peak electricity use in some neighborhoods by 2 to 3 percent. A 2010 study reported that replacing conventional roofs with a solar reflectance of about 0.2 with cool white roofs with a solar reflectance of 0.55 would lead to average nationwide savings of 35.6 cents per square meter, m squared. Savings would be much greater in Arizona, $1.14 per meter squared, and less in West Virginia, 12.6 cents per meter squared. The projected annual energy cost savings of retrofitting 80% of the roof area of conditioned commercial buildings nationwide is $735 million per year. The development and deployment of energy and water-efficient residential appliances and commercial equipment is resulting in significant reductions in both energy and water demand and contributing to a more climate-resilient energy system. The Energy Policy and Conservation Act requires DOE to establish energy conservation standards for consumer products and commercial and industrial equipment as well as water conservation standards for residential and commercial products. The development and adoption of efficient technologies that meet or exceed these energy efficiency standards, adopted from 1987 through 2010 for residential appliances and equipment, have resulted in cumulative estimated savings of approximately 26 quadrillion BTU over this period, which is about 25% of total energy use in 2010. DOE estimates adoption of water conservation standards and energy conservation standards resulted in annual water savings of 1.5 trillion gallons in 2010 and projects a cumulative water savings of more than 51 trillion gallons by 2040.
cost and water savings from energy and water conservation standards. In 2010, reduced water use attributed to water conservation standards, together with energy conservation standards that also save water, resulted in estimated savings of nearly $30 million per day and more than 4 billion gallons of water per day. Illustrative Current Activities Information and Assessment In assessing the vulnerability of the energy sector to climate change and extreme weather, only a few recent efforts have taken a comprehensive sector or region-wide approach. A few examples are Gulf Coast Vulnerability Assessment, Entergy Corporation, and Americans Wetland Foundation collaborated on the development of a framework that helped to inform economically sensible approaches to address risks and to build a resilient Gulf Coast. The study covers a wide region including Texas, Louisiana, and coastal counties in Mississippi and Alabama, and is comprehensive across key economic sectors, including fuel supply, electricity generation, and residential and commercial demand sectors. The study projects that by 2030, there will be nearly $1 trillion in energy assets at potential risk from rising sea levels and more intense hurricanes. Based on an analysis of hazards, assets, and vulnerabilities, the Gulf Coast energy sector faces an average annual loss from climate change and extreme weather of $8 billion in 2030. The study found that key no-regrets options for adaptation have low investment needs, high potential to reduce expected losses, and additional strong co-benefits such as wetlands restoration. The most attractive investments would cost approximately $50 billion over the next 20 years and could lead to approximately $135 billion in averted losses over the measure's lifetime. The study also concluded that supporting and enforcing a range of actions to reduce the risks that individuals bear, for example, through building codes and development decisions, and to unlock barriers to increasing industry resilience would be important elements of a coordinated response. Assessment of the potential for zero freshwater withdrawals from thermoelectric generation. The National Renewable Energy Laboratory and Sandia National Laboratories have conducted an innovative course scoping level analysis of the costs and benefits of moving U.S. thermoelectric generation away from the use of fresh water. Strategies include retrofitting or replacing existing thermal generation to the use of non-traditional water, brackish groundwater, or municipal wastewater, or converting power plants to dry cooling systems. This analysis suggests that the majority of plants most vulnerable to drought could be retrofitted for less than $4 per megawatt hour, or for less than a 10% increase 
in the levelized cost of electricity and result in significant reductions in freshwater use. The study found that total parasitic energy requirements are estimated at 140 million megawatt hours, or roughly 4.6% of the initial production from the retrofitted plants. This includes an additional amount of electricity required to pump and treat water and any lost energy production due to reduced efficiencies associated with dry cooling. In general, retrofitting to utilize municipal wastewater is the least expensive alternative, followed by utilizing brackish water. Retrofitting to dry cooling was found to be the most expensive and to have the greatest impact on changes to the LCOE. California Energy Infrastructure Vulnerability Assessment In the April 2012 California Energy Commission report, Estimating Risk to California Energy Infrastructure from Projected Climate Change, researchers from Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory, University of California at Berkeley, and the Federal University of Rio de Janeiro examined the end-of-century 2070-2099 vulnerability of California's electricity sector to increased peak summer temperatures, sea level rise, and wildfires due to climate change. The report provides quantitative estimates of the long-term aggregate risks across California's electricity sector, including climate-related impacts on power plant generation, transmission line and substation capacity during heat spells, wildfires near transmission lines, sea level encroachment on power plants, substations, and natural gas facilities, and peak electricity demand. This study provides insights about key vulnerabilities that could inform an effective adaptation strategy. For example, electric utilities may be able to avoid electricity outages and prevent major economic damage by increasing generation, transmission, and distribution capacity and reducing risk from wildfires and sea level rise. This may require additional capital to finance capacity and adaptation measures. Current rate setting practices may also need to change to allow the necessary improvements. Illustrative current activities, stakeholder engagement. The federal government, along with industry, state, local, and tribal governments, and non-governmental organizations, has an important role in climate change adaptation planning. Examples of current federal adaptation planning efforts include the following. Interagency Climate Change Adaptation Task Force. In 2009, the administration launched the Interagency Climate Change Adaptation Task Force, co-chaired by the White House Council on Environmental Quality, the Office of Science and Technology Policy, and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. It includes representatives from more than 20 federal agencies, including DOE. The 2009 Executive Order 
13514, Federal Leadership in Environmental Energy and Economic Performance, called on agencies to evaluate and manage climate change risks and vulnerabilities and to develop approaches through which the policies and practices of the agencies could be made compatible with and reinforce climate change adaptation. The task force continues to integrate adaptation into federal government planning and activities, work with stakeholders to build resilience to climate change in communities and businesses, improve accessibility and coordination of science for decision-making, and develop strategies to safeguard natural resources and critical infrastructure in a changing climate. The many outputs of the task force include the 2011 report, National Action Plan, Priorities for Managing Freshwater Resources in a Changing Climate, which provides key recommendations for strengthening federal water data systems, expanding water use efficiency, and supporting training and outreach to build a climate change response capability in the water sector. Two additional related reports include the National Ocean Policy Implementation Plan and the National Fish, Wildlife, and Plants Climate Adaptation Strategy, both of which include considerations of climate effects on the energy system. The Office of the Federal Environmental Executive in the White House Council on Environmental Quality also developed guidance for federal agencies to conduct adaptation planning and implementation as required by Executive Order 13514. The first agency, Climate Change Adaptation Plans, a part of the annually updated Strategic Sustainability Performance Plan, were released in 2013. DOE's Climate Change Adaptation Plan integrates climate change adaptation planning into DOE programs and operations to ensure that DOE operations remain resilient under future climatic conditions. National Climate Assessment The U.S. Global Change Research Program, USGCRP, is working to improve the nation's ability to understand, anticipate, and respond to climate change by providing the best available science to inform and support public and private decision-making at all levels. The Global Change Research Act of 1990 requires the USGCRP to conduct a National Climate Assessment, NCA, Every four years, the NCA process, which includes representatives from the public and private sector, is responsible for analyzing the effects of global change on energy production and use, the natural environment, agriculture, land and water resources, transportation, human health and welfare, human social systems, and biological diversity. It analyzes current trends in global change, both human-induced and natural, and projects major trends for the subsequent 
25 to 100 years. The NCA is an important resource for understanding and communicating climate change science and impacts in the United States, and it provides input for key stakeholders, including governments, communities, businesses, and citizens as they incorporate climate preparedness into plans for the nation's future. The third NCA is expected to be released in 2014. National Infrastructure Protection Plan, NIPP. The NIPP was developed by federal agencies, state and local governments, and private sector entities to provide a unifying framework for infrastructure protection efforts and resilience strategies. The NIPP framework supports government and private sector decision-making to help ensure resources are applied where they can most effectively protect critical infrastructure and improve resilience. The NIPP includes efforts to prepare for and prevent, if possible, damage to critical infrastructure as well as to strengthen national response and recovery in the event of a deliberate attack or natural disaster. The Department of Homeland Security oversees NIPP management and implementation. A successor to the NIPP will be released in late 2013, as required by the 2013 Presidential Policy Directive on Critical Infrastructure Security and Resilience. The updated NIPP to be developed by stakeholders from federal, state, and local governments and from critical infrastructure owners and operators will include a risk management framework methods for prioritizing critical infrastructure, metrics for demonstrating progress in managing risks, and additional efforts that are essential for strengthening and maintaining a secure, functioning, and resilient infrastructure. Illustrative Current Activities Innovation and Deployment Policy and Strategy In addition to information and stakeholder engagement, Successful adaptation requires enabling policies and practices that facilitate public and private development and deployment of climate-resilient technologies and approaches. Among these are basic federal strategies to catalyze innovation and deployment. These include National Principles for Adaptation. The Interagency Climate Change Adaptation Task Force developed national principles to foster government-wide actions that facilitate adaptation, including building resilience in local communities, safeguarding critical natural resources such as fresh water, and providing accessible climate information and tools to help decision-makers manage climate risks. Executive Order 13514 Federal Leadership in Environmental, Energy, and Economic Performance. The administration issued Executive Order 13514, 
which requires federal agencies to develop and strengthen programs to adapt to the impacts of climate change and ensures that federal agencies align their climate change adaptation planning efforts to build a coordinated and comprehensive response. Enabling federal energy policies and strategies for development and deployment of climate resilient energy technologies. The administration implements policies including incentives, standards, and government investments that are contributing either directly or indirectly to building a more climate resilient energy sector. Specific examples include policies that promote expanding the use of renewable energy, such as wind energy, that is not dependent upon water availability, improved energy and water efficiency standards for appliances and equipment that reduce both energy demand and water use, and modernization of the electric grid to reduce vulnerabilities to climate change. Progress in these areas can reduce energy consumption and greenhouse gas emissions while simultaneously reducing the vulnerability of the energy sector to climate change and extreme weather. Major Opportunities Despite progress being made in several areas, the magnitude of the potential challenge posed by climate change and extreme weather requires additional efforts. Opportunities, climate resilient energy technologies and practices. Understanding the impact of climate change and extreme weather on future energy sources and technologies is critically important. While many impacts are anticipated, there is no single technology solution and the climate resilience of any energy technology option will ultimately be measured by its ability to remain reliable under a broad range of environmental conditions. Specific opportunities include the following. Oil and gas exploration and production. Improved technologies to reduce freshwater use for fuels production, including for alternative or unconventional fossil fuels, by increasing utilization of degraded waters, for example, produced waters, and non-traditional waters, for example, brackish waters, or improving technologies for enhanced shale gas recovery, such as dry fracturing processes, use of exothermic reactions instead of water to fracture shale. Technologies to increase the resilience of coastal and offshore oil and gas production and distribution systems to extreme weather events. Enhanced restoration technologies and practices to maintain or expand regional wetlands and other environmental buffer zones. Thermoelectric power generation. Use of dry and wet-dry hybrid cooling technologies, water recapture and reuse technologies, and non-traditional waters, for example, brackish and saline groundwater, municipal wastewater, for existing and future thermoelectric power plants. Innovative water supply augmentation strategies, including alternative water sources and improvements in desalination technologies. Increased power plant efficiency 
through integration of technologies with higher thermal efficiencies than conventional coal-fired boilers. For example, supercritical and ultra-supercritical boilers and integrated gasification combined cycle. Advanced carbon capture and storage, CCS, systems that utilize efficient water use designs and the potential to use saline waters extracted from CCS saline reservoirs and waste heat from thermoelectric power plants. Improved design and placement of cooling water intake and outflow system channels and pipes to address changes in water levels and temperatures. Improvements to power generation infrastructure to withstand more frequent and intense storms, flooding, and surges, including elevation of equipment and structures. Renewable energy resources. Enhanced materials for CSP and PV solar to address the impacts of higher temperatures and related factors, for example, higher humidity, cloud coverage, and dusty conditions on the potential for electricity generation. Improved reservoir management and turbine efficiency for more efficient hydropower generation. Cost-effective, energy-efficient desalination technologies to address the current energy demand of desalination technologies and the potential application of renewable desalination, for example, solar desalination. Improved wind technologies and materials to withstand extreme weather events. Improved climate resilience and water efficiency in bioenergy production. Use of salt-tolerant feedstocks such as algal biomass that could reduce competition for fresh water. Electric grid. Operational and infrastructure improvements to enhance safety, reliability, and performance of transmission and distribution systems, including measures to create additional system capacity and redundancy. Practical models and tools for integrating renewable resources, demand-side management, and alternative energy storage technologies. Improved design standards for specific components of the smart grid and protective measures for lightning, wildfires, wind, flooding, and other extreme events. Optimized storage technologies for varied load profiles, including on-site storage. Improved grid monitoring capabilities and dispatch protocols to manage more varied load scenarios and improve timely restoration of power. Development and use of microgrids, controlled islanding, distributed generation, and technologies to maintain service and minimize system vulnerabilities in response to possible climate disruptions of the power grid. Placement of substations and other critical local electricity infrastructure in locations that are not anticipated to be affected by storm surges. Energy demand. Enhanced demand-side management and development of energy, water-efficient 
and energy smart appliances, equipment, buildings, and vehicles. More energy efficient freshwater extraction, distribution, use, and treatment technologies. Enhanced demand side management. Opportunities, information, and assessment. Despite increased awareness and improved understanding of potential impacts of climate change and extreme weather on the U.S. energy sector, the need for improved projections of future changes and resulting impacts remains. Typically, decision-making and engineering tools and practices rely on historical climate, natural resource, and hazard information. In a changing climate, these tools and practices may need to be adjusted. In addition, improving knowledge about interdependencies among energy sector components and across the energy sector and other sectors exposed to climate change risks and vulnerabilities is critical to supporting strategies and actions to reduce these vulnerabilities. Opportunities to enhance information and related tools and practices include the following. Better characterization at the regional and local levels of climate change trends relevant to the energy sector, including water availability, wind resources, solar insulation, and cloud cover, and likelihood and magnitude of droughts, floods, storms, sea level rise, and storm surge. Better characterization at the regional and local levels of likely impacts of climate change and extreme weather on the energy system, including near-term and longer-term projections that have higher resolution and incorporate secondary effects, for example, drought and wildfire. Identification of a consistent methodology and indicators to better prioritize and evaluate vulnerabilities and response actions, compare costs and benefits of adaptation intervention versus inaction, including the full costs of future critical infrastructure damage, loss of infrastructure, and power outages, and account for potential limitations of intervention measures over a range of spatial and temporal scales, including high-impact, low-probability events. Determination of the sensitivity of the energy sector to non-climate changes, such as changes in demographics, population, and economic activity, and associated energy demand. Better characterization of the aggregate vulnerabilities of the energy sector to climate change, as well as the interdependencies between the energy sector and other sectors, for example, agriculture, transportation, and health, which can lead to cascading impacts and influence overall energy sector vulnerability. Development of an inventory of climate-resilient technologies and practices, including information about development status, costs, benefits, and barriers in order to help stakeholders identify, access, and adopt innovative energy technologies and practices. Technology, sector, and region-specific analyses 
to better understand resilience strategies. Data sets on demand response options under various climatic conditions. Improved tools, methodologies, and analysis capabilities for life cycle assessments of energy technologies with a particular focus on water use intensity optimization for the specific technology and across competing sectors, for example, agriculture, industrial, and residential at local, regional, and national levels. Improved understanding of potential uses and challenges of advanced cooling technologies and alternative water sources for power production. Additional assessment of potential impacts and resilience efforts for hydropower, including changes in generation and electricity costs, effects on reliability and the frequency of potential outages, potential for utilizing pumped storage generation, which can buffer timing between peak supply and load, improved analysis of land use planning and watershed management in relationship to the energy sector and tools for predicting water quality impacts at hydropower facilities, improved understanding and application of multi-sector adaptation solutions that benefit energy, natural resources, and other sectors. Opportunities. Stakeholder engagement. The transition to a climate-resilient energy sector will require an improved understanding of the vulnerabilities, risks, and opportunities across society based on regular communication and outreach. A greater level of engagement between key stakeholder and user communities could facilitate such communication. Enhanced outreach could build on existing mechanisms and embrace new approaches for communication and education. Specific opportunities include the following. Enhanced federal interagency collaboration focused on climate, energy, and energy water challenges to address the entire energy value chain. Effective coordination mechanisms with states, localities, and tribes to build capacity and to increase technical understanding. Expanded programs to enable greater information sharing across the electricity generation sector and between the electricity sector and fuel sectors on existing adaptation actions and operating experiences, lessons learned, and potential adaptation opportunities. Partnerships and initiatives between electric and water utilities to accelerate the cost-effective implementation of energy and water conservation, integrated resource planning, or other adaptation strategies. Partnerships with investment, financial, and insurance communities to understand their potential role in climate change risk mitigation including through the use of financial instruments like insurance. Enhanced communication strategies to engage stakeholders, disseminate critical information, build awareness of climate risk, promote the widespread adoption of resilient technologies and practices, 
and evaluate societal responses to perceived risk in the energy sector. Opportunities. Innovation and Deployment Policy and Strategy. An improved framework of enabling policies would further accelerate deployment of the technologies and approaches needed to build a climate-resilient energy sector in a timely manner. Novel policies may include those that enhance technological innovation and help to bring new technologies to market, including demonstration or those that remove inappropriate barriers to the deployment of existing commercial technologies. In addition, existing policies could be examined in terms of how they increase or decrease climate resilience. Policy intervention, when deemed necessary, can occur at the federal, state, and local level, and solutions may or may not be best implemented from the federal level. Specific opportunities in the area of improving the enabling policy framework include the following. Continued research development and demonstration of climate-resilient energy technologies. Enhanced deployment policies, such as price signals and incentives for climate-resilient technologies. Expanded demonstration and deployment of climate-resilient energy technologies on federal and tribal lands. Integration of climate risk considerations in design, siting, and operation of energy facilities through measures such as buildings, standards, and codes, and the review process for replacing or repairing damaged infrastructure. Removal of inappropriate barriers that impede the transition to a climate-resilient energy sector. Consideration of the impact of water policies and regulations on the energy sector, and vice versa. Incentives for decentralized power generation that could expand adaptive capacity by decreasing stress on the centralized power generation system. Measures that promote integration of energy sector climate risks into different levels of development planning and maximize benefits of adaptation to multiple sectors. Development and use of integrated decision frameworks for evaluating potential conflicts and trade-offs for achieving clean air, clean water, climate change mitigation, climate change adaptation, water resource conservation, and other relevant national priorities associated with energy supply and use. End of Section 5 Recording by Patrick McAfee, Merritt Island